T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago, the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen Rosenblum. Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the name before yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, you want to come back? And it was an emphatic, no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny. We're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. Oh, the duck duck here and the quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. Lido. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a master's course in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Messmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows. And I quote, stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Saturday Suckage, Rosenblum, Spiegel, with you. Yo, 1103, uh, post-Christmas, mid-Latka Hanukkah, Kwan, mid-Kwanzaa. Festivus is when exactly? Did we ever establish dates on Festivus? Yeah, I think they had an exact date. Wasn't it the 27th, I believe, was Festivus? I, I, I don't know. All right. And uh, pre- that was the 23rd. Uh, 23rd is exactly right. Thank you, Zach. Thank God you're here. Yeah, 23rd. Withersets. Yeah, and, and with this is, as a texture immediately points out from the 815, of course, happy last show before pot becomes legal in Illinois. January 1st. Happy New Year. Mm. And fittingly, one of our guests today at noon, Mark Rohde, will be here. Mark Rohde, one of the co-founders of the Wake and Bake Club. He and I will be doing a show. From 7 to 12, New Year's Day, the day that pot becomes legal, recreational pot legal oh in Illinois. Oh, my God. You're I, smoking up on the air? Yeah, well, you're not. We don't. 
Can we spark on the air? Can I don't do know. That? I don't know. Uh, uh, Jason Benetti last That'd be hour. indoor spoking. No. He, he called it uh, Mitch Rosen's 670 the score, which I think is a. Uh, so I, I think that is, uh, that's the official new branding. So ask Mitch if you can spark it up. You yeah, know? just what I want to give. Spilkis gets a little more itchy with that whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're going to do that. So, and this is also, let me ask you this. Was we, we acted like we had scheduled this show, worked this show, and we're, we're on 11 to 2 today. Uh-huh. One of our guests, of course, includes Mark Grody, Talks of Bears. Patrick Findlay from the Chicago Sun-Times will be here at 1240. Talks of more Bears. We're treating this like a regular Bears game. But this is a nonsense thing. This is the second game of the Bears exhibition season. Remarkably, Matt Nagy is allowing his starters to play in this exhibition game. <laughs> so let me let me put this to you. Is there anything to be learned tomorrow against the Minnesota team that probably will sit everybody because this is what actually matters. You sit people during the last week that doesn't mean it. They're locked in. They're number six. Nobody's getting hurt. They've got nothing to play for. Right. They're playing at home. they got nothing to play for. People are paying regular season A little bit prices. of pride. A little bit of pride, maybe. But, okay, well, where does that carry you? So, is there anything to be learned? What do you expect tomorrow? Where? What, <laughs> what, what advances the Bears story oh, God. tomorrow? What could? It's, it's, it's a good question. I, I don't think... That there's anything of consequence too much that can come out of it. Like, if if the offense goes out there and looks really good um, and functional and Mitch has a good day and they can run the ball a bit and they do a whole bunch of things well, I guess for them as humans, it will mean... As humans. Because they are, last I checked. It will mean some good vibes, babe, to carry through to the offseason a little bit. Oh, yeah, we can do this a little. Like if the season had ended with the Dallas game, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But they still thought they were in it. But you don't want the season to end like the Chiefs game. You don't want that feeling going into it. The reality is that no matter what happens tomorrow, the reality is, is what you saw on the field against the Chiefs in the last home game. But if they can end feeling a little bit better about themselves, I think as humans it might matter for them. I don't think it means anything for us. I think that because you went there, and I and I know you're speaking of what they're going to say against a Minnesota team with nothing to play for and probably no players of far fewer players of NFL caliber on the field against which the Bears might accomplish something. Hmm. To believe that carries forward – is the you know what we will learn? We will learn that the Bears are continue to be delusional of what they have and what they are because there's nothing carries over from one season to the next, and not in a game that means nothing for either team. And should they perform well, let's say they beat the Vikings twenty four to three. All right, it's a, it's a wonderful like, the kind of thing. Where has this been all year? Uh-huh. Well, Vikings didn't care. The, it will be a further indictment of what I think is a major weakness in the human beings you talk about because they will have done it again when the ultimate pressure is off. This is an exhibition game, and they have admitted, their coaches admitted, 
They were better with the pressures off. They couldn't perform under the pressure. Mm-hmm. And we're going to look at this saying, well, how do you win a Super Bowl then with that kind of mentality? Oh, yeah. No, I don't think they're going to. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, okay, we got that out no, of the No, no, it's going to be a while. And there'll be a different quarterback and probably a different GM before they win a Super Bowl. Ah, now we're getting closer. But, but you no, know, I was talking about the players as humans because – Look, the coach and the GM are the ones that need to have some real sober, non-delusional conversations, and you dream of that possibility. Some but it's, come to Jesus talks? Yeah, like some like, uh, hey, by the way, I think I suck at this. You know what? You do suck at this. <laughs> hey, well, I think I <laughs> made a mistake. You know up. what? You did make a mistake. Like, I don't think this guy can play. You know what? He can't. All right, fine. Like, they need to have that kind of stuff. But for the players themselves, you know, haven't you ever in the face of a crumbling newspaper written a final column for a particular season and felt good about it. And wasn't that better for your week? I know that it, during a bad concert, I have finished strong with a vocal performance that made me feel better between that and the next gig than finishing on a dud. So that's the human way that I'm talking about for the actual practitioners of the thing and not the architects. You're, 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 you're describing another version of the the golfer's delusion. Somewhere on the 18th hole, it's yeah. the one shot that keeps you back. Absolutely. Or somewhere on the back nine, it's the one hole that keeps you coming back. Because R- you for, think you can do this. For better or for worse, I believe in the power of delusion. <laughs> Serious. It's been, it's been both good and a problem in my life. If we want to get hardcore therapeutic, I'm right here for you. Well, the, your greatest strength is often your greatest weakness. Completely correct. Okay. Yes. So I, I, so my I will ability, my, allow my, you to have your delusion. Uh huh. Thank you. And and I would encourage that. It appears to be one of your four major food groups. But in, <laughs> admitting it or working around it, it, the fact that you know that allows you to have more ammunition yes, to work with it. Yes. But the fact that the Bears players admitted, I think it was Charles Leno among them, and Harry Heastan certainly admitted. Okay, we know we can't play when the pressure's on. All right. Well, that that's good that you're saying that. We know we played better when the pressure was off. We just let we played free. Hmm. There was no connect the dots moment of Sad. how do we do this when the pressure's on because next year we're going to come back. So under under Nagy they're one and one essentially. A great year, a bad year. And you're going to hear this stuff about Nagy, yeah, well last year was coach of the year. Yeah, last year Ryan Pace was GM of the executive of the year. Well, what that award frequently is, is fluke of the year. So the Bears will happily not fire anybody. Well, not fire either of those two because they'll say, okay, we're one and one. We had a good year, a bad year. So which is which way is it going to go now? Well, we, those guys aren't getting fired. I think we they know should, that. One of them. The, the, the real question, well, who should? Matt? Ryan Pace. Well, Pace. Well, he's not going to. The, the bosses are not going to come down to the one year removed from executive of the year. And he's it, I, and he's, fluke of the year. Well, but he's no, because the Mac trade was, you know, they, they were 12 and four. They, they, they were legit 12 and four. I don't, I don't, but here, here's the thing. I need to know and everybody needs to know. And we're not going to know how soberly they will look at the quarterback and say, we're done with them or not. And let me ask you this. Let's assume full-on selfishness from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. Uh-huh. Let, let's assume careerist, 
selfishness. Career selfishness. Okay? Careerist selfishness. Sounds like a major. Yeah. College. Yeah, I think Parkins majored in it. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> somebody else. No, or anybody else. I, 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 I kid Parkins to his face about it. So this business is rife with of that. Of course, of course. Um, but so let's assume careerist selfishness okay. on Ryan Pace's part. I love that phrase. Are, are you better off bringing Mitch back with that in mind or not? Because a lot of us have the default, well, they're going to bring Mitch back because they don't want to admit they're wrong. But if you're Pace and you bring Mitch back and he's mediocre again or sucks, he sucks or is mediocre again, doesn't that get you closer to unemployment? Yes. Well, it's basically a Tarantino movie. Everybody dies at the end. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's going to go if you do that. Now, here's the problem with that is you're talking about, I understand career selfish and 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 that careerist mentality of CYA, cover your ass. Yeah. That's really what it is. But but you had also previously brought up the 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 sobriety, the cold-eyed sobriety of an evaluation that's honest uh-huh. and a real come to Jesus moment. Now here's the problem. So what if you have that honesty, but then you're still careerist and you have to decide what to do? What has given you what has given you any even as delusional as you are, what has given you any evidence that that exists, knowing we're coming off a season where we spent OTAs, we heard OTAs, we heard during training camp, oh, my God, this is Mitch 2.0. You know what? This is Mitch remedial reading. He he regressed. He did not get to the second level. He regressed. Yeah. So what gives you any – where's the evidence that you would believe them if they said they had a sober – evaluation of what you saw, what they saw, what you saw. There's really not much. No, I I was hopeful that there would be, that you had something you were relying on. You know, all all I can give you is this possibility that Mitch is really good in practice and then fills his pants with excrement during the games. Well, we kind of know that's the thing. Yeah, so so then then they, they were seeing it in OTAs. Then they were. Then they were seeing it. In practice, and, and, they, and they were seeing it in the classroom and all of that. And then the games came, they're like, what happened to our guy? And then Negi went full Tressman. Well, we worked on that on practice. He hit it in practice all week. Well, we heard that. If that's, I'm giving you the, like, that would be the best case scenario, is that Mitch has finally exposed himself via the game tape that there wasn't enough of in college, or that they didn't dissect well enough in college. He's finally exposed himself as a dude who cannot handle bringing everything from the classroom to the field when it's a game and there's pressure. You can't do it. But then you're talking about bringing him back. Well, no, then you can't. Like, if you know that, if you're them and that's the sober look you take and you realize that that's your conclusion, then you cannot bring him back. And that's the hope. Did you happen to catch this? Maybe I'm making too much of it or about to make too much of it. Sports radio, everybody. We got three hours to fill, so we're going to. But there was a comment last week in advance of, Mahomes, Trubisky, Chiefs, yada, 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 right? Mahomes is asked about Nagy and how he basically sat and learned all year and made the point about Nagy about the way he explained things to him, about the way he taught him. Seemed to stress the classroom stuff. Nagy spent extra time as the Chiefs, as Andy Reid's, whatever his, mm-hmm. his sergeants, and whatever he was tasked to do, which was to make get Pat Mahomes up to speed if it ever was necessary, and it was the next year, and he made a point about that. Here's what I think happened. Matt Nagy 
knew what he saw in Pat Mahomes. It has nothing to do with the choice of Pat Mahomes versus Mitch Trubisky. We know which one has the stronger arm. Which know, We know which one the Chiefs fell in love with mm-hmm. and the one the Bears fell in love with. But I believe, what about this? What about Matt Nagy insisting on teaching, trying to teach Mitch Trubisky the same way he taught Pat Mahomes? Absolutely. But failing to realize, to coach the player who's there, who doesn't really, you know, you ask somebody to do the study, the academics, the homework, as opposed to actually do it. it the, the difference between on paper and on the field. This is 100% the case. In, in my do opinion, you like, believe that, even I, though we're I, not in those rooms? I, I, I absolutely believe that Matt Nagy misevaluated his student and how he was going to learn and what he was capable of learning. And instead of giving him another five or ten plays to do and and using his legs and keeping things simple the way Josh Allen does in Buffalo, the way so many mobile quarterbacks have done, young Russell Wilson in, in Seattle, like just slowly expanding, he gave him the whole damn thing and said, learn the whole thing. And by the way, stay in the pocket more because you're ready for this gigantic leap. And it takes a really special player to do that. And Mitch ain't that. So Mitch spent three months before he really told us what he thought. Get me out more. Yep. And basically he's saying the subtext is cut the field in half. Yep. Give me fewer options. I can't read. I can't read zones, so let's eliminate them. Yeah, he has said it every week, progressively more and more. This is what I need. This is what this is what would be good. This would make me comfortable. He rever- he he finally resorted to saying it publicly. He had to. He and 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 hopefully he's been saying it privately, and I assume that he has. I bet he wasn't saying it in the off season. He was like, okay, I'll do what my coach is telling me to do. I'll be the good soldier and the good student. And and Nagy overloaded him with a desire to show the world his geniusness. To show the world what he what he could do with the full bloom of his offense, he didn't have Pat Mahomes, didn't even have Alex Smith, didn't have somebody who could translate classroom to field like that. He's got he had Mitch. a guy. He had a guy who's admittedly a rep based quarterback and would let him play in the preseason with the with all the adults. He, this is why this is important that this is a preseason. Mm-hmm. It won't matter, but you have to. The, the only thing you can look at on tape and come away with him enthusiastically is if you call plays that you're going to use next year, even against what is essentially going to be a Minnesota scout team defense, even if you only do that, but all his mechanics and his instincts show up on film against that you have tape to go back to. Chum Dallas. This is a preseason game that you have to let him play, and I can't, I can't believe – Nagy would not allow his team to play in a preseason, his first string to play in a preseason next year with your quarterback, if this is still the quarterback, Mm -hmm. with your quarterback, as rep-based as he is and as a stumbling kind of quarterback otherwise. Well, the irony is that if if they do bring Mitch back, the right thing to do is to keep it super duper simple and the preseason stuff won't be as important because they're not asking him to learn this giant, giant playbook right. full of stuff. That's the iron. Completely change right. the style. No. They're, they're saying, okay, yeah, no, no, we're gonna do what you like to do and what you're good at. So then it's not as important. Might- I don't believe they, they're capable of that. I just don't. I Negi is a guy who's the B U is a is code for be stubborn. And I don't think it's very I think he's very reluctant to change. 
He believes he has a system. I think he's got a loose leaf binder of really Kino, Nito, Peachy Kino, Nito plays. And don't you on some human level get that? What if you were given your one chance to be sports editor or program director and your first year, you guys kill it in the ratings? Wouldn't you go further? Wouldn't you go even yeah, but further? that was delusional. That was the defense scoring like the offense did. Amen. That was the defense with, with all those turnovers. They're about to tie 27 interceptions last year, You're, and they're about to tie a eight. Franchise record for fewest. Which they did the three years prior to the 27. The 27 was crazy, and all the trick plays worked. That's oh, it's yeah. so big. All the trickeration. Lay and give it to the fat all guy the, and all that all stuff. All the yeah. stuff that looks uh, ridiculous when Cordero Patterson gets <laughs> tackled five yards behind the field. <laughs> or, or Anthony Miller um, Anthony Miller fumbles a pitch that destroys the opening drive against the Chiefs. All that stuff is, fails now, and it all worked last year. So that's Matt Spiegel. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We'll be here till 2 o'clock, like it or not. Uh, 11.40, David Schuster will talk some bulls with us. They're going to play a game they can win tonight. They expect to win. They should win. If they don't win, they close the franchise down. As long as we're talking NFL here, do you mind if I share with you something that I learned in conversation and watching the Baltimore Ravens that seems so simple but is clearly not? I would love that. We will come back with that. Okay. And we'll come back with my reasons that Ryan Pace should not be allowed to pick the next oh, Bears quarterback. Yes, good. I want to hear so that. So we will, we will do those in the next segment, and we'll give you more stuff. We will talk with Mark Rohde at noon, Patrick Findlay of the Sun-Times at 1240, and we will take you up to 2 o'clock where we will turn it over to the Vogues, and they'll be here to sing their 1965 hit, 5 O'Clock World. No, that's Maggie and Julie. I'm sorry. I keep messing that up. <laughs> Rosenblum and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Speaking of Keith Olson, welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel, Saturday Suckage with you. David Schuster will come on in about 15 minutes and talk some, some Bulls. are going to win a game tonight. The Hawks are even worse than... Oh, actually, the Atlanta Hawks are worse than the Chicago Blackhawks. That's how bad that is. So, anyways, you, Matt Spiegel, saw the Baltimore Ravens and said, "Aha! You had an aha moment. Take me on." You know what it's been, um, and appreciate that. And you need to finish that phrase. Take me on. Um, this hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids, wow. by the way. Uh, call 1-877. <laughs> you went all Julia Child right there. <laughs> Cars for Kids. 
Um, it, it's I've watched the Ravens all year because how do you not? Uh, because there's nothing more fun than watching Lamar Jackson run. And then you watch the whole offense and you realize some stuff about what Greg Roman has always done. He did this in San Francisco with Colin Kaepernick and Frank Gore when he was the offensive coordinator. Yes, there. he did. And he does it now with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram or Gus Edwards, whoever their running back happens to be, and that offensive line. And in talking about it progressively with people along the way, and then Anthony Heron the other day, uh, day after Christmas, had Anthony Heron on, and we were talking about it. I realized why it works so well and why the Bears look so awful when they run the ball. Share with the class, please. Because the Ravens have an incredibly physical attacking offensive line mm-hmm. and a very physical attacking running back in Ingram, just like Frank Gore was. Yes. Right? And um, and what they do is they make a definitive, decisive plan to run directly at you and run the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and, hurt, and hurt you and wear you out by doing that. Hurt you and wear you out by doing it, but on a play... They might dress it up with all sorts of wacky trickeration going to either side. And, hey, look at the jet sweep action. That's adorable. And look at this. We might hit a guy down there, and there's another guy going out over there. Isn't that? But really what they're doing is just beating the crap out of you decisively and definitively with authority. And meanwhile, watch the Bears' plays. Watch the offensive line. They're always seeming to hedge. We might be running. We might be passing. Mm -hmm. Montgomery, I might be going to this spot, or I might bounce it outside. Tariq, should I bounce it outside? Probably, maybe. Even Mitch with the tentativeness. The tentativeness. But no. And it's it's 101 stuff. It's basic stuff. Shake them up with the side-to-side stuff. And get them just a tiny bit off balance and then pummel them straight ahead. It's a power running game that the Ravens run. Power, physical, strong, and and decisive. And I keep coming back to decisive and deciding to run it. That's why, like, when they put Mitch under center, when Nagy puts Mitch under center, Mm -hmm. they run better. When they were in the I formation, because the line's not thinking, well, it's the RPO. It's like you got to be super special skilled to run RPOs and still be able to run block when you're hedging your bets about which way to go. It's a much more effective way that the Ravens do it or the Niners do it. When we run, we run. And everybody knows you break the huddle knowing we're going to run. And we're going right the hell at them. And every offensive lineman will tell you there's a greater ferocity to their play when they can go forward, yep. when they can dominate, as opposed to the the more more defensive style of backing up for pass protection. Sure, and imagine being caught in between that every single play. Not knowing, yeah. But, but also, Greg Roman has established a commitment to the run. Had before. Yes. And there was every reason to believe the Bears would have established a commitment to the run when they went out and made David Montgomery the... the 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 lust of their the yeah. object of their affection, but you don't last do, year. you don't do it with a running back. You do it with a mindset and an offensive well, you line. S- you need a running back. You want to you want to yeah. block for. And Matt Nagy seemingly was in favor of what Ryan sure, Pace but did. it's philosophy. It's philosophy, yeah. and Nagy does not mm-hmm. have this philosophy mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's how you end up throwing fifty five times. It's how you end up crapping the bed in your one chance in the playoffs with the Chiefs because you didn't run enough. He doesn't believe in it. No. He doesn't think it's 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 the key to what you do. 
and having the mindset to do it is the key. Look at Kyle Shanahan. They run the hell out of the ball. It's so, yeah, he's wrong. He would have been a good hire, that Kyle Shanahan I guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. I, 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 I need to make this point about why Ryan Pace cannot be allowed to pick the Bears' next quarterback, which okay. means he, can, he doesn't have to be fired, but he can't be GM anymore. He can go to personnel, do stuff like that. <laughs> because let's – let me – and I feel bad that I didn't do this when he was hired, so this is research too late. But let's connect the dots. The first thing he did was he refused to dump Jay Cutler during his honeymoon period. He, he really had a get-out-of-jay-free card. He could have just said, but he could have said, he could have come in there and said, we're not doing this. Yes. And everybody thought he would. We all thought he would because you knew it wasn't going to work. Then he paid Mike Glennon to suck, right? Yeah. Then he traded up to draft the worst of the three top quarterbacks. He had a 66.67% chance of getting it right, and he got it wrong. With And, by, and he even refused to have, did, they weren't going to work out Deshaun Watson. Right, it's Mahomes, but he loved he again. He was being you. He was sold mm. on it. He was keeping his secret. He loved the guy, which Habarkish loves to point out. Of all the quarterbacks taken in the first round, Mr. Trubisky has the fewest, fewest snaps, fewest games, fewest everything of any quarterback taken in the first round. This goes must goes back to forty years. You're kidding. See, me. he's got some trivia. He's got a note, and I don't have every detail, but. And again, it underscores how bad this was. So if this, if that's not evidence of a la- utter lack of qualification Ugh. for to choose the next quarterback, here's something that should have been pointed up at the time that Ryan Pace was hired from the Saints. And when he was hired, he just kept saying, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. I know what a quarterback looks like. It's Drew Brees. I know what a leader looks like. It's Drew Brees. Mm. Yeah, we all do. Guys in fantasy league do. Guys playing... Video games do. Um, we didn't. I didn't go back and do this until this week and said, let me find something out. Well, here's the problem with Ryan Pace and why he can't be allowed to choose the Bears' next quarterback. He was never in New Orleans. New Orleans never drafted and developed a great quarterback. In fact, they never drafted and developed a quarterback. No, they, they traded for Breeze. He was injured. They got him off a of gurney. So Ryan Pace joined the Saints in 2001. So he came to the Bears in 2014. In that time, at that time, he said, I believe we should draft a quarterback every year, right? Well, and he said he believed in Drew Brees. Okay, Drew Brees is a good gold standard. Leads, leads the NFL in total touchdowns, right? History, right? Okay. He hasn't drafted a quarterback every year. He doesn't come from an organization that drafted a quarterback every year. This is the scary part and what we should have known from the start and why this was screwed. During Pace's time in New Orleans, the Saints drafted only three quarterbacks. None of them took a snap for the team. I give you these people. J.T. O'Sullivan. He's probably the name you've heard of, if you've heard of any of these three. Because he ended up in Buffalo playing, and then he opened a, a chain of family restaurants. He never played for the Saints. Oh, no, that's... drafted out. Yeah, he was drafted out of UC Davis in 2002. Uh-huh. Adrian McPherson. You might have remembered that. Florida State, 2005, never played. I feel like Red Buttons. Never got a dinner. All right, Sean Canfield. Ever heard of that? <laughs> no. 2010, Oregon State, never played. In Ryan Pace's time, where we... Th- he has never been part of an organization that drafted and developed a, a great quarterback. 
or really any quarterback. Oh, God. Drew Brees came came with enough pedigree, and he was somebody else's draft choice. Fully formed. When he did try to draft and develop a quarterback, you are now sitting with a guy, Mitch Trubisky, ranks 28th in quarterback rating. Whatever you think quarterback rating, he ranks 28th. Ranking 18th is Jacoby Brissett. Ranking 9th is Jimmy Garoppolo. New England Patriots are trading guys. They're getting rid of quarterbacks who are better than the ones the Bears traded up to get. How in the in the how can Ryan Pace be allowed to choose the Bears' next quarterback and they need the next quarterback right now? Hmm. Okay. It's Merry well, Christmas to you. Happy New Year. It's it's well argued. So this is this is where you regret that there is no big football bigfoot in this organization. Mm-hmm. Once again, we are back to the idea of converted accountant Ted Phillips mm-hmm. sitting next to the McCaskey of the day. <laughs> McCaskey du jour, yeah. McCaskey du jour. <laughs> All nice people, by the way, but <laughs> sure. institutional knowledge of the NFL? Uh, Not so much. How about knowledge of what it takes to play and be good at football? Mm. zippity doo <laughs> Zippity-A. <laughs> so Ted Phillips and the McCaskey du jour, George, McCaskey du George, are, are sitting there. Uh, Ryan, uh, we don't think that you should pick a quarterback, pick the next there, one. I, it won't happen. We, they won't get the, rid of it. They we've all done got, some research, yeah. and Ryan's like, no, no, you haven't. I got it. Thanks, guys. No, I'll learn from this. Thank you. Are you going to have dinner with anybody? Yeah, that's the problem. And here's one more note to this. Hub Arkish makes the excellent point, when confronted with this by callers, and I sound like a score caller, I realize this, but when confronted with this, he says, you can criticize Pace for what he did with the quarterback debacle, but you also have to give him credit for what he did with putting together a top-five defense. And I say, yes, you're right. Hub is exactly right. Uh But... The reason Ryan Pace can't stay in that job is that Mitch Trubisky is proving that failure at that position can overcome a guy like Khalil Mack, can neuter the greatness of that defense. It sure can. And it has. It's it's the most important position in sports for a reason, folks. And more important than that defense he put together. Mm-hmm. All right. So hey, with that good news. That was, that was great. Um, a texter says, guys, how was Ryan Pace supposed to know? That a guy who won Clemson's second-ever national title, <laughs> twice passed for over 4,000 yards, threw 90 college TDs and ran in 26 more, won two Davy O'Brien trophies, and was twice a Heisman finalist, was any good. How was he supposed to know that? Right. Without working him out, how could he? How was he supposed to know Without that? a magical five-hour dinner. Right. And, a, and an old car. You think if they had dinner and, um, and Deshaun Watson had... Uh, had registered the reservation under Vince Evans instead of yeah, or something like that. Right. Right. Do you think when you've watched, I know we got, we got to get out of here, but I, I, this point that you bring up about Deshaun Watson and having dinner with him, when you've watched him, there have been recently a lot of um, post-game videos where he's broken down oh, plays, it's, right? It's, it's the best. Could you imagine like that dinner and what we, I mean, that's how does that not sell you? How do you not? How do you not do an infa- a personal interview? You spend twenty four hours with a guy, and how could you not come away with 
being so impressed because, and sold. Because Ryan Pace has Tony La Russa disease. Yeah, I know. He's got Tony La Russa right. disease. I'm smarter than you. All right. Just watch. All right. Well, just listen. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, if you thought Ryan Pace sucked, wait till we get to David Schuster next. <laughs> Rosa Bloom and Spiegel, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Walk-up music, that inimitable tune, brings us to the unfortunate David Schuster, joining us here on the screen. <laughs> David, how are you? Good morning. He joins hey, us, good morning, guys. He joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. And guess what? Guaranteed Bulls victory night tonight. Yeah, you know, I think we've said this before where the Bulls should win a game. But they should win this game tonight. And it's disappointing to many that the Bulls have been this season. The Atlanta Hawks are just putrid. They might be the most disappointing team in the NBA. They've lost nine in a row. They're 20 games under 500. They were supposed to be good with all their young players. And their best young player is not even playing tonight. Is Trey Young sprained his ankle up in Milwaukee last night. So he's not even going to play tonight. So, yes, let's mark it down for a Bulls victory in advance. How's that? And so whatever the Bulls had done... Pre- Previously, it might as well have been the case that Trey Young didn't play against the Bulls. They did. He was miserable against them, mm-hmm. and they were terrific on him. I, I can mm-hmm. I can spin it positively. What were they doing against a guy who could be so explosive and dangerous, and you know is against every other team in the league seemingly? trapping him as soon as he came across center court. And I even asked this of uh, Jim Boylan the other day. Did you put extra emphasis on trapping this guy? And he goes, no, we do that to everybody. But the reality is, yeah, they absolutely were putting extra emphasis. As soon as this guy crossed center court, they were double teaming him and trapping him and getting the ball out of his hands. And if it ever got back into his hands with just a couple of seconds left on the clock, you know, he was putting up some really cockamamie shots. So, yeah, and Chris Dunn really took it to, to heart to shut this guy down. I mean, he burned the Bulls, Trey Young did, a couple of times last season, specifically in one of the games. So it's really been their mantra to shut him down, and, and they have in the two games that they played so far this season. Chris Dunn is going to play in this league a long, long time, isn't he, David? Mm-hmm. As, yeah, absolutely. As he has comfortably gone to this role and continued to excel with effort and excellence on defense, and the shot will get a little bit better, a little bit more decisive. He can grow he, up to be Michael Cooper. No, he could grow up to be Patrick Beverly. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. That works. You know, so it's, it's something something like that. Uh, and so he's going to play a long time. Yeah, I don't know if his shot's ever going to get better, Maddie. to be honest with you. It's still not a very good-looking shot, and I don't know if or when it ever will get better. But there's a role for a guy like him in the NBA who's a defensive uh, guy who can you know, break down defenses and cause havoc out there. There's no question about it. I don't think he's a starter ultimately. He's obviously doing that right now because the Bulls have their own injuries to deal with. But, yes, there's a role for a guy like that in the NBA. He'll play the next 10 or 12 years, no question. How many good, complete games has Lowry? Markinen had this year and is that number way lower than it should be for a man of, of his skills and experience well how many fingers do you have on your left hand because I don't think it'd be any more than that to be honest I was with holding you. up not... I was holding up one I got two maybe well two? Two. Put, put wait I, I know which one you're holding up no, when no, you're no, talking it was my, about it was my index finger I was because <laughs> I I like him I like the idea of Laurie, Lowry Markinen. I like the guy I like the mm-hmm. player. I like what he could be. I just, 
I'm I have no idea where I'm I'm far more dubious about that actually being accomplished that the reality will meet the the expectation. Well, which one will meet the expectation first, if at all? Mitch Trubisky with the Bears or Lowry Markinen with the Bulls? Well, Markinen's got a far better chance because they're going to okay. get rid of Jim Boylan when they finally wake <laughs> up, and he might get a real coach in here. Yeah, you know, Markinen is, is interesting. I mean, if you just go back to the very opening night when he did everything right, he had 35 points, and I can't remember how many rebounds. It was double figures, I think. You know, that's the kind of Lowry Markinen you wanted to see on and, on a nightly basis. You know, he's had a little bit of an injury bug, that not enough to cause what's happened to him overall so far this season. He needs to go inside first. I'm a big believer, especially if you're 7-1, of which he is, hmm. score on the inside first, then take your game to the outside. Too often he just sits on the three-point line, and if his shot is not going in and it hasn't on a consistent basis, then you're just basically wasting him. So, uh, again, I'm a big believer. Make your layups first, then start hitting your jump shots. Um, David Peoria, Matt wonders, and it's a good question, if New Year's Eve might be a time for the John Paxson interview. Um, <laughs> or maybe Arbor Day? When is Arbor Day? Arbor Day. Arbor Day. Pre- Day? President's Day? I'm not sure. <laughs> How about Valentine's Day? I actually was thinking about Arbor Day. You're right, Maddie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen this year, but it's it's not to say that we can't start a new tradition sometime in the near future. I'll yeah, leave it at that. When's Tubishvat? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take obscure, Just, uh, obscure yeah. Jewish, ho- Jewish holidays for five hundred, Alex. <laughs> All right. The um, the case of Kobe White is in looking for reasons. To, I know the the Bulls have about a little less than a twelve percent chance of making the playoffs, and I know that was their goal. And thank God the East sucks that they actually have that much, uh, that great a percentage of chance to make the playoffs. And and I know that. Jim Boylan is supposed to – I'm never sure whether he's supposed to develop groups or youth or he's supposed to win games. He always seems to – whatever bad coaching decision he makes, he always seems to default to the other side. So with this guy being you know, a lot of all or nothing but exciting to watch, I don't know what the – what's the profile or history for guys like that – in there getting better, in there becoming more consistent. You're talking about Kobe White, of yeah, course. Kobe um, White. I want, I want this to work because it could be, this, it could be such an explosive ceiling, right? He could be yeah, s- absolutely. But, but here's, here's what you have to do if you're the Bulls. You have to define what he is and what he likely will continue to be. And it's not a point guard. He's not a point guard. I don't care that they're talking about him being a point guard. I've seen enough basketball and I've seen enough out of him to say. You know, he might get better handling the ball, but he's not a point guard. He's a scorer. Mm-hmm. He's been a scorer his whole life. You know, not that he's that old. He's only 19 years old still. But, you know, he scored in high school. He scored the one year in college. He's a scorer. He's a Jamal Crawford kind of player. Number he's one, a Lou Williams. Number one scorer in the history of North Carolina. The, the, Correct. The, the state as a high schooler, right? It's Correct. Unbelievable. Correct. It's Michael Jordan so, State, I mean, for those of you yeah. asking. He's a scorer, guys. I mean, yeah, his, he, he can score from the outside. He has the ability to get on the inside. He's obviously going to get better. He's only 19 years old. He, he's, he's learning the league. He's learning the players. He's learning everything, to be honest with you. He's only 19. He will get better, but 
He's not a point guard. So guess what? They talked about having four point guards on the Bulls going into this season. In my estimation, they're going to need another point guard going into next season, one that's not even yet on this roster. Who knows? They might even draft another one. The the four point guards supposedly that they had going into this season, they're all decent players, but ultimately they're not good enough to be a starting point guard going forward, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. David, what was your Christmas night viewing? What was your movie of choice? I assume you saw a movie. Maybe I'm overstepping this. No, I mean, we talked about this on Christmas, of course. I I couldn't get into the theater that day because I wanted to see Uncut Gems, and and the place was sold out all over the place. So I didn't get a chance to see it yet. I will, probably this upcoming week. And we talked that day. I mean, we can go over this again. I saw Richard Jewell I liked. Sam Rockwell, again, is great in that movie. Jumanji 2 sucked. Uh, I did like Knives It just sucked. I mean, some people liked it. I wasn't one of them. Uh, Knives Out, I, I thought was pretty decent. Qu- Queen and Slim was okay. Ford and Ferrari's been the best movie I've seen over the last month or so. Dark Waters was pretty good, and Star Wars, thank God that series is over. That was horrible. <laughs> it's not over till we say it is. All right. It's over. David, thank you. Thank you very much. All right, see you guys. David Schuster, Bulls pregame coming up this evening. Uh, Julian Maggie, who follow us, will take you up to Bulls pregame, take you up to David Schuster. He'll be uh, there at halftime and the postgame show after they beat the Atlanta Hawks. I saw that movie Schuster wanted to see, and I would love to talk about it with you at some point. Sure. Because it has has a massive sports tie-in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. but 6'11", or 7'1", sports tie-in. And a sports radio tie-in as well. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Speaking of that, do you you know who... uh, Diedrich Bader is. You ever heard that name? Uh, you know his face, I think. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I he was do an know. actor, and he was in Office Space. Lo- looks like Marion Hosa. Yeah, he's he played Lawrence in Office Space, the snotty oh. neighbor of Ron Livingstone. Oh, different guy. Different Peter's guy. Okay, guy. yeah. And he was in Napoleon Dynamite. He had a turn on Veep. Anyway, this is a tweet from this actor. Had to get a new washer-dryer. 17 years. Thanks, Maytag. And the guys installing it asked... You didn't make this your wife's Christmas present, right? No. Because the guy at the last house did, and that was a bad scene, man. (laughs) All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More Bears talk with a Bears sideline reporter and scores scores daily Bears reporter Mark Rohde. Next on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 